Good morning. That was so good. That was a beautiful choir. I love that. That was great. Uh, he is the same God. He was a healer back then. He was a protector, provider. He's the same God and doing it today, right? Yeah, well, y'all, it is an honor and a privilege to be here. My name is Corey Lee, and um, like Mr. Ricky was, was saying, I've gotten the opportunity to get to know your leadership over the last... I guess several months, and y'all, you guys have an amazing group of leaders. You guys know that, though. Uh, you know that, but I just want to take a moment to honor them. Um, they, they are so filled with the love of the Lord, but they also love you guys. Um, it was always interesting to hear them start talking about you and the things that you are doing in your places of work, the things you're doing in the community, like their eyes would light up. And you can just feel their love for you. It's almost... Uh, like a, a father or a mother, when their child was doing something good, that's the way they spoke of you. So I just wanted to take a moment to honor them. They, uh, I've also never worked in a church, so I had no idea what all went into uh, church leadership. And they just serve so well. They serve you guys so well. I just want to honor them and uh, just say thank you guys for the opportunity to, to come and share the word of the Lord with you guys. So uh, my name is Corey Lee. And... Uh, it is a privilege to be a father. I'm a father to three uh, little uh, beautiful kids, Colton, Kendall, and Brady. So it's a special day there, but it's also a special day. My wife and I, we just celebrated our 17-year anniversary a couple of days ago. So this has been a good week, right? Been a good week. Um, as Mr. Ricky was saying in my introduction, my background is actually more in the business lane. I'm an entrepreneur. Background is actually in the medical field. Um, in a five-year period of time, my wife and I, we built two physical therapy clinics. We had four gyms, had three kids, sold all the businesses, kept all the kids, and uh, do what I do now, which is leadership training and development, and absolutely, absolutely love it. It's, a, uh, it's been good. Get the opportunity to, to do that. And so I want to, um, I'm gonna, if, if you want to turn to Luke 10, we're going to be in Luke 10, 38. I want to read you guys a little something here uh, out of Luke, and then we're going to pray. And uh, I also just want to brag, I know I've been bragging on your team, but it's just such hospitality. It was interesting, Aaron sent me an email the other day. He said, hey, I noticed you like to walk around a lot when you talk. <laughs> uh, do you want the pulpit or do you want the table? I was like, I would prefer the table because I do walk around a lot. So uh, here's Luke 10, 38. I want you all to hear this. This is powerful right here. Now it happened as they went, uh, as they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? Don't, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to get on up and help me, right? And Jesus answered, Martha, Martha, you're worried and you're troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mm. One thing is required, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. Man, that is powerful. Think about it, all right? So you got Martha. She's, uh, she's just doing what a good hostess would do, right? I mean, she got Jesus in her house so she's just trying to be a good hostess she's trying to serve with excellence 
And from her perspective, her sister's just sitting there. She ain't doing nothing, right? And so she goes to Jesus and said, can you not tell her to get up and help me? Can't you see I'm doing all this work? And she's just sitting there. But Jesus offered Martha a different perspective and said, you distracted, you worried about so many different things. But one thing is required, one thing is needed. And Mary, she's discovered it. It's getting into the presence of the Lord, to get into the presence and to sit at his feet to hear what the master is saying. I don't know about you guys, but it's so easy to get up and doing all activity, like doing a bunch of activity and doing and doing and doing things for Jesus that we miss Jesus, that we miss getting into the presence, that we can do things for Jesus but not from Jesus. And I'll tell you, I can see it on your eyes. A lot of you, you know what sitting in the presence of the Lord is like. It is good, right? The presence of the Lord is good. And it reminds me of the story in uh, the Old Testament. Um, so it's, it's when David is king. David is in Jerusalem. And he wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, right? So they go and they find where the Ark is. And because they don't really know how to uh, transport it, right? Some bad things happen, right? Some bad things happen to do die. And so uh, David's like, hey, we're going to have to do something with this. Let's, um, let's take the ark, the presence of the Lord. Let's, uh, let's take it to Obed-Edom's house. Let's drop it off at Obed-Edom's house, and we've got to figure some things out. And everything in Obed-Edom's house gets blessed. The presence of the Lord is in Obed-Edom's house, and everything in his house is blessed. Word gets back to David and says, oh, it's the Lord. We got, we got to figure this thing out. So they figure out how to transport it. They go get the Ark of the Covenant, and they bring it back to Jerusalem. And David does something interesting. He, he kind of changes the way worship is done. And he institutes and he establishes some things. And one of the things he establishes is a gatekeeper. I, I want you to follow this. All right? This is really powerful. There's a, um, <clears throat> there's a psalm, I think it's Psalm 89, that says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, and I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents with the wicked, all right? So follow the story here, all right? So the presence of the Lord is at Obed-Edom's house. David and them, they come get the presence, bring it back to Jerusalem. Well, Obed-Edom says, hey, hold on a second. You can come get the presence, but I ain't leaving the presence. I'm coming with you. And as you follow out the story, Obed-Edom and several of his family members become gatekeepers in the house of the Lord. They're gatekeepers. They said, hey, you can come get the presence, but I ain't leaving it. Because I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord. I would rather hold the door to where the presence of the Lord is than to spend a moment without it. Man, that's good stuff, right? Obed-Edom done tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and he is. So I want to pray for us real quick. Then we're going to jump into Ephesians 1. So, <clears throat> Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to come and spend time with my brothers and my sisters who are doing incredible things in their homes, doing incredible things in their communities. We thank you for what you're doing in this city. We thank you for what you're doing today, that you are a good, good Father. And I pray, Lord, that as your word goes out, that it would be spirit and truth and life, and that it would go directly to the heart, that it will bypass the mind and go directly to the heart, and it would land on good soil, and it would return a hundredfold return. 
Father, we praise you. We praise the name of Jesus. And we say that you are welcome here in this place. We turn our eyes to you, Jesus. May your Holy Spirit come and fill us. Fill us. And I pray that every person here would feel the warmth of your embrace, the warmth of the Father's embrace. That they would feel you wrap your arms around them. That your embrace would cover them. That your love would cascade over each and every single person in this room. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So I want to I check out Ephesians 1. I want to look at Ephesians 1. And as you guys turn there, I want to just kind of tell you a little bit about my story, my journey uh, with the Lord. <clears throat> um, just to kind of give you an idea of who's this little short dude up on the stage with you, all right? And so uh, I'm originally from this area, grew up in Baldwin, grew up in a, um, my mom and my grandmother, they had us in church every single time the doors were open. We went to a small Southern Baptist church up in the big city of Baldwin, Mississippi. And uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and back then we used to have those revival meetings, you know, and they would go every night. And so we were there every night, gave my life to Jesus when I was about eight years old, and um, at age of 13, I was leading a Sunday school class for other 13-year-olds and under. We did not have the spirit of wisdom and revelation there. I don't know whose idea that was. That was not very good. It did not turn out good, right? Uh, but then in high school, I was actually leading our worship, and I don't know anything about music. I could really uh, use some help from Mr. Randy and Mr. Ricky right there. Uh, but was really just trying to serve the Lord, and my wife and I, we got married, we moved all over the country, it feels like, and in each one of the communities we were in, we, we really tried to serve the church, tried to serve our communities, moved back to Tupelo about 12 years ago, and uh, got plugged into a local church, served, uh, leading some Sunday school, we led some Awanas, we did some youth stuff, children's stuff, and you know, we were just doing the best we could to, to be good Christians, to walk out this journey of faith in Jesus. And, uh, but in 2019, the Lord showed up. And he started to reveal himself. He started to reveal his character and his nature in ways that I did not understand at the time. See, up until then, right? <clears throat> up until then, I knew Jesus as Lord and Savior only. And I, I want you to hear me. He is Lord and Savior, 100%. He is holy, he is almighty, he is good. But you know in the Old Testament, there were a lot of times where God would show up and he would reveal himself by name. He would say, I am Elohim, the creator God. I am uh, Jehovah Jireh, I am the God who provides. I am Jehovah Shalom, I am the God of peace, right? And each time he would show up, he would tell his name, he was revealing a different aspect of his character, right? Different aspect of his nature, <clears throat> Well, the Lord showed up, and he started revealing his nature, and really how he started revealing his nature was as a father, a good, good father. And I say that he, uh, he revealed himself, what he actually did, he was... He, he actually interrupted my life in the best kind of way, right? <laughs> because everything changed. It really did. Everything changed. Our marriage changed. Our marriage was good, but he took it next level. Relationship with the kids was good, but he took it 
next level. The things I was passionate about, things I was interested in, it totally changed. It's like my taste buds changed, right? Uh, and those cycles of sin that I kind of kept falling into, he started to deal with those things. He started to break those things off, right? He started revealing his heart to me. I began to see people with a different perspective, through a different lens. I no longer saw people as projects that need to be fixed, as obstacles in my way, or objects to be used, right? He started to help me to see people through his lens, and he also gave me courage to start sharing my faith. I started to get a little more bold to tell people about Jesus. I, uh, as Mr. Ricky was talking, I, you know, I speak typically in secular settings, um, but he's given me the courage and the favor to actually speak faith into those settings and it be well received. It's been incredible, been amazing, right? It also gave me courage to start praying for folks. I love to pray for some folks. You know what happened when we started praying for some folks? I started seeing people get healed. It was amazing, like physically healed right then and right there. Not everybody got healed. Not everybody has gotten healed when we pray, but I'm telling you, it is amazing. It is so fun. It is so fun. I see some of you smiling because you know what it's like to walk hand in hand with the Lord. It is so fun to walk a life filled with the Holy Spirit and to filled with, with Jesus and his love. And it's been so good. And it's kind of like, if, if you guys will bear with my metaphor. Y'all good? Everybody okay? Okay. All right. If you bear with my metaphor for just a moment, y'all know in the, uh, in the temple, in the, in the most inner chamber of the temple was the Holy of Holies, right? And, and in the Holy of Holies, that's where the presence of the Lord was, but there was this veil of separation, right? And one time per year, one dude, one man, the high priest was able to go in and minister before the ark and before the presence of the Lord. But when Jesus gave up his last breath, it said that... that the veil was torn from top to bottom, from God's side to our side, and now we can all draw close. And so it was as if in my journey with the Lord up until that point, I was standing at the veil, but wouldn't take a step beyond the veil. And it was almost like the Lord came and grabbed me by the hand and said, come on in, I want you to get to know me. I want you to know my heart. I want you to truly know who I am. I, I don't want you to know of me. I want you to know me. I want to read you guys a, um, this is uh, some lyrics to a song, okay? I'm not going to sing. I may get Mr. Ricky or Mr. Randy up here, or even Aaron, to come up and sing. Uh, I wouldn't do you guys like that. Y'all may run out. But I'm going to read you guys some lyrics to a song. This is called um, Come Out of Hiding by Stephanie Gretzinger, all right? As I, I want to pause just for a second. As I read this, I want you to kind of just position yourself to receive, right? Position yourself to receive. Jesus told a parable of the four soils. You guys have heard that, I'm sure. And, and it's really talking about how you listen, how you receive. You know, the, the, the wayside that's letting it go in one ear and right out the other. You got the other soil that's rocky. That's where it's, ah, oh, that sounds good. That's interesting. It goes here, but it doesn't go here. Then you can listen where you got all these weeds where you're really distracted. What I really want you to do is just kind of listen. Listen in and receive, right? So check out these lyrics. <clears throat> Come out of hiding. You are safe here with me. 
there's no need to cover what I already see. You've got your reasons, but I hold your peace. You've been on lockdown, and I hold the key. Because I loved you before you knew what, it was, what was love. And I saw it all, still I chose the cross. And you were the one I was thinking of when I rose from the grave. Now rid of the shackles, my victory is yours. I tore the veil for you to come close. There's no reason to stand at a distance anymore. You're not far from home. I'll be your lighthouse when you're lost at sea, and I will illuminate everything. No need to be frightened by intimacy. Just throw off your fear and come running to me, because I loved you before you knew it was love, and I saw it all, still I chose the cross. And you were the one I was thinking of when I rose from the grave. Now rid of the shackles, my victory is yours. I tore the veil for you to come close. There's no reason to stand at a distance anymore. Man, that's good, right? That's good. Um, <clears throat> Before I jump into Ephesians, this just kind of came to my mind. Y'all know how sometimes you read in the Word and something just, it, something just stands out to you. It just jumps out to you. And whenever it does, that's the Holy Spirit trying to say, hey, hey, I want to engage in a conversation. I want to show you something, right? So I was reading one day, and I don't even know where the address is now, okay? Uh, somebody, somebody can help me, remind me. I think it's Matthew 7. But it's a very, very uh, popular verse of Scripture. And Jesus is talking, and he's saying, um, In that day many will come to me, and they'll say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we, uh, didn't we do the miraculous? We did the stuff. We did the cool stuff too, right? We prophesied. We, we cast out demons. We did the cool stuff. And he said, <clears throat> leave, I never knew you. That's very interesting. He said, I never knew you. See, these people knew of Jesus, but he said, I never knew you. You know, to be known, like if, if me and you were going to get into a relationship, we, we have to know each other. And to truly be known, there's some vulnerability there, right? I, I got to... My wife and I, my wife, she knows me. I've allowed her access into areas of my heart, right? I've given her access into all areas of my heart. And Jesus is saying, hey, you didn't give me access, right? And so I want to look at Ephesians 1. This is good stuff. We're going to get into some good stuff. Miss Kim said, I've got to motivate you all before we leave. So I'm going to get you all some good stuff here, okay? So Ephesians 1, um, if we had time... Man, we could just read all of Ephesians. This is good. It's powerful, right? So Ephesians 1, let's look at verse 3. <clears throat> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What? Did y'all just read that? That's wild, right? It says... He's like, blessed be to God, praise the Lord. And then he says, who has blessed us with every, everybody say every. Every, every spiritual blessing 
in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I don't know about y'all, I can't really comprehend that fully, right? Like every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. He has blessed us, the church, has blessed you individually with every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you want something to meditate on, if you want something to think about that, take that. Go home and chew on that for a little bit, right? Just, just sit with the Lord on that. Every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. And uh, as you read through Ephesians, he, he talks about what some of these spiritual blessings are, but there's three of them he really calls attention to um, right after this. He, he talks about redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, that we are forgiven of those sins. When we come to Jesus, that it is stamped with his blood. And if there's any accountants in the room, I know Amanda Angle goes here, but there's an accountant in the room. Say, it says that uh, he is reconciled, right? Reconciled all. It is stamped Jesus, totally forgiven. And then adoption. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are now children of God. We've been adopted into the family of God. So it's kind of like, um, you know, at some workplaces you got your name badge, you got your name badge, you got your, your face and your name, and under it, it tells your title. So mine before Jesus, it said, Corey Lee, dead, sinner. Now it says, alive, saint, son, right? I'm adopted. The third one is, uh, he, he talks about is you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. This is an amazing thing. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord God lives within you. That's amazing. You know, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon people. He now lives in you. Like, the God who created everything, His Spirit lives in you. That's amazing, right? <laughs> I think that's amazing. Okay, all right. <clears throat> um, and as, we're going to jump to chapter 2. But as you read there, it's, it's almost like, you know, I was talking about, it's, it, I, don't, I don't know if I can fully comprehend that. And it's almost like Paul is talking about this, and then he starts into a prayer. And it says, okay, this, this is kind of hard. I pray, Father, that you would enlighten their understanding. I pray that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand this truth. This truth of who you are, but who we are in you, right? So I want to uh, check out... Um, Ephesians 2, 1. <clears throat> if you guys are cool, I'm, I'm going to just read a little bit. Y'all cool with me reading the word? Okay, all right. All right. And you, I'm going to go through verse 10, I think. And you he made alive, who were dead in your sins and trespasses, in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So it says we were dead. There were some things that we were influenced by. We were influenced by the way of the world, the spirit of the air. We were influenced by that. We were also influenced by the inclinations of the flesh, right? That's what we were influenced by, but it says we were made alive now. The thing I'm influenced by has changed. The person I'm influenced by 
has been changed. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, even when we were dead, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together. This is wild right here too, y'all. And he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Mm. That in ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, and not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He says we are made alive. I was in this dead state, now I'm alive. And, I, you know, as I think about that, what does it look like? What, what would it look like for you to live fully alive? Like, what does that look like to live fully alive? What does that look like to live fully alive? <clears throat> and that's, um, that's really something I've been, <clears throat> been sitting with the Lord on and just kind of sitting and asking questions. Here's the amazing thing. You know, this is truth. This is spirit. This is truth. And we've talked about you got the spirit of the Lord God in you. Um, I wrote a book, right? So you can, if you were to go get that book, you could read it on your own, and maybe you could get some stuff. Or you could get the book, and you could say, hey, you could call me up and say, hey, Corey, I want to go through this book with you, because I, I really want to understand what you were thinking when you said this. Or, hey, Corey, I don't really know what that means. What does that mean when you say that? We can sit with the author of the book and read his word, and we can ask him questions, right? And he'll reveal to us, and we can sit and talk with the author of the book. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. And so I'm, I'm asking you, like, what does it look like to live fully alive? And I, I think part of that, just as I've been thinking about that, is identifying with my new nature. Identifying with that new nature. No longer identifying myself as that old man, as that old nature. Right? Not identifying with the sin or that I'm a sinner. When I say I'm a sinner subconsciously, whenever I act out my sin, I'm justifying it because I claim that I'm a sinner. It's psychology 101, right? You'll never outperform your own self-image, right? And so, so I want to identify with who he says that I am. Paul talks about it in every one of his things, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, all of them. He says, put away the old man. Quit acting like that. That's not your identity. That's not who you are, right? Put on the new man. That's who you are. Um, <clears throat> and so I want to be mindful of who I am. Um, real quick, I don't know about you guys, there, there are some Christian terms that we hear, and sometimes I, I don't know if I fully understand that. And, and for me, maybe you guys know what these phrases, you, you have a better definition of these phrases, but I, I kind of understood them, grace and mercy, right? It says that you are saved by grace. It's not by works, but by grace. And when I, when I hear that, it's like, okay, I, I can kind of understand that, but don't fully understand that. Now, I'm going to just tell you what's kind of helped me. I heard a guy kind of explain it like this. Um, says that, that mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, while grace is getting what you do not deserve. 
right? And so, for instance, we live in Morville. I came down Main Street. Let's say I'm a little bit late, and I'm rushing. I'm trying to get here, and I'm speeding. I'm doing like 65 down Main Street, and I'm running all the red lights because nobody's out there, right? And so I'm speeding. I'm running all the red lights. And the police officer pulls me over, and he says, Mr. Lee, you're speeding. You're running through red lights, but I'm feeling a little bit merciful today. I'm going to let you off the hook. I'm going to let you go. I did not get what I deserved, which was a ticket. Right? I, that's what I deserved, but he didn't give it to me. Grace would look like, hey, Mr. Lee, you're speeding. You're running all the red lights. I'm going to give you 1000 bucks." Right? He gave me something I had no business deserving. Right? And, and that's, what, that's what Jesus did for us. It says we were dead in our sins, and by his mercy, he gave us life. I, I, you know, I deserve to stay in my dead state with eternal separation. What he gave me and gave you in Jesus Christ were all these spiritual blessings, gave us life, abundant life. He put his spirit within us, right? All those things, things we had no business deserving but because of his great love that he has for each one of us he says i'll take that i want that that's what i want and i know we're getting close on time here's my last thing i want to i want to just kind of wrap up with this is <clears throat> i really want to capture his heart to represent him in our world in this generation to capture his heart. When we, when we position ourselves at the feet of Jesus, kind of like Martha was doing, she gets to capture his heart. She gets to know what he's thinking, what he's doing. Jesus said, I didn't do anything that I heard the Father say, or I didn't do anything that the Father didn't do, right? I did what he did. I did what he said. Well, as we position ourselves at his feet, we get to hear what he's saying so we can do what he's doing, Right? If I want to know how to respond to the chaos that's going on in the world, I need to get into his presence. If I want to know how to respond in a certain situation, I need to get into his presence. Right? Because then I can know how to respond. You have the mind of Christ is what it said. That's what the word says. Here's, here's my last thing. and um, You know, there should be a great difference between us as brothers and sisters and the people of the world. It takes, like when you see somebody, y'all, it takes, that's a zero, that's a zero, all right? It takes zero talent whatsoever to call out the dirt in the lives of other people. It doesn't take any skill to call out the dirt in the lives of other people. Anybody can do that, and what the world likes to do is the world likes to label you based on your biggest mistake, right? But we want to call out what we see from heavenly perspective. It says we have, we've been seated with him in heavenly places. I can see you from his perspective. Here's what I like to do. Is I'll say, Holy Spirit, or Father, what, what's your favorite thing about Mr. Randy? What's your favorite thing? And immediately it shifts my perspective from what I see on the physical perspective to what's his perspective of Mr. Randy. And I can begin to capture his heart for Mr. Randy, right? It also takes zero talent and zero skill to call out the challenges and the problems of the world, right? Anybody can do that. 
We have the mind of Christ. We should be the wisest, most brilliant people on the planet, right? And offering solutions to the challenges of the world from his perspective. And so I, I, hope, I hope today, more importantly, I've encouraged you, I really do. Uh, I hope uh, my prayer is that there has been something that has stirred within you that you want to step beyond the veil and into the presence, that you want to dive in to the presence and capture his heart. And as we, we wrap up today, in Acts 17, it talks about that from one man, God has created all people, all people from one man. And he has marked out their times in history and the boundaries in which they should live. That means it is no mistake that you are in 2023. It is no mistake that you're in Tupelo, Mississippi. Each one of us are here for a purpose and for a reason. And as you continue to read, it says, so that. It gives the reason why that you are right here in this generation, right here in this city, so that you may grope for him and find him, though he's not far from any of us, right? Within each person, they're stirring something. It's groping and grasping for something. And people grasp for everything. I see it in the world. I see it all over the place. That people search for success. And they search for it outside of Jesus. And once they get it, they're still unfulfilled. I've seen people who are super successful that have Jesus. And if they lose it, they're totally cool because they have Jesus. Jesus is the thing inside of you that's stirring and grasping for something. You'll never have that peace until you have Jesus. And so, as we wrap up today, I, I really want to pray for us, and if you, uh, I know Mr. Ricky is going to come and uh, have a time of altar call. Uh, and if you're just sitting there and, like, it says the Holy Spirit will draw you, right? You'll feel the stirring within you. You want to listen to that. You want to be obedient obedient to that, right? If it's not stirring within you, you don't want to just act out of anything. You, you want to be obedient to that stirring within you. So if there's a stirring within you and you want to make a decision to say, yes, I want to not only commit my life to Jesus, but I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to know what it looks like to capture the heart of the Father. Then we're going to be down here and praying for you. I I'm going to kind of hang out down here, too, because I love to pray for some folks. And so if you want any kind of prayer, uh, I would love to be, be down there as well. So um, I'll pray for us real quick. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in this body of believers. I bless them as they go out into their homes. I bless them as they go out into their communities, that they would honor you, that they would be light bearers for your kingdom, that we would advance your kingdom in this generation and in this city, and that we would carry your heart, that people that we come in contact with be able to say, man, there is something so different about that dude right there. There is something so different about that lady right there. I wonder what it is. It's because we're saturated with your presence, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done, what you've done and what you're going to do. And in the name of Jesus, amen.